Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. Today is February 1st, 2021. So that means it's the first Truth Hurts program of the new month. I'm your host, Steve Z, and we've got a bunch of things to talk about today. We'll get to them right after we get to this. Be prepared for new transformation in five, four, three, two, one. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Well, I will say this, folks. It is February 1st, the first day of the second month of 2021, and the second month of the gropey Joe Biden administration. And you know what that means. Every single year in February, we have to endure it. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. But tomorrow, the traditional Groundhog Day celebration in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, will not be a public event. In fact, it's being shut down completely to the public and will be virtual only. Punxsutawney Phil, the famed rodent, the groundhog, is said to emerge from his winter hibernation and come outside, and if he sees his shadow, he is allegedly frightened by his shadow. Obviously, Puxatawney Phil is a Democrat, scared of his own shadow, a snowflake of sorts. He will be scared of his shadow and rush back into his den and cower, for it means six more weeks of winter. You know, I thought when they came up with the whole global warming hoax years and years ago, and the man caused climate change lie, they would have just simply done away with Puxatawney Phil. All right, hit the brakes. Let me think about this for a second. PETA would be happy if they did away with Groundhog Day because of the senseless exploitation of the rodent. That would be going away, right? You wouldn't have people looking at this groundhog and abusing him for the profit that comes into Gobbler's Knob every year. That's the town. That's the name of the town. Gobbler's Knob. Puxatawney Phil. So Peter would be happy because Puxatawney Phil would be going away as a symbol of man's dominance over creatures. So that would be good for Peter if Groundhog's Day went away. But if the earth were indeed warming and warming and warming like they claim, there'd never be six more weeks of winter, right? It would be always too hot. Okay, well, enough of that. That's way too much overthinking about tomorrow, Groundhog's Day. But today is the first day of February, the first day of the second month of 2021. I'll go back to that Groundhog Day for just a moment, thinking about it here. You remember the movie with Bill Murray who kept repeating the same day, February 2nd, over and over and over again? We in America have been experiencing that Groundhog Day movie effect now for over a year. When you think about it, for over four years. Now think about it, for four years we were shown the exact same news program 
each and every single day and every single night. Oh yeah, they modified a few things here and there. The daily repetitive rhetoric was just tweaked slightly enough to keep you interested. Four years of Trump's a crook, Trump's a crook, Trump's a crook. Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia collusion. This about Trump, that about Trump. The other thing about Trump, investigation after investigation, exoneration after exoneration. They tried the same things over and over and over, and they could never get anything to stick on Donald Trump. The Democrats swore each and every day, led by nasty Nancy Pelosi and Chuckle Schumer the Clown, they would kick Donald Trump out of the White House. They were going to have him removed. He will not finish his first term. They were wrong, of course, because each and everything they tried failed and failed miserably. He was acquitted on impeachment. Absolutely nothing was found in the Russia collusion hoax because there was nothing there. The sham FISA court nonsense, nothing ever about the Ukraine meddling of Donald Trump would stick to the wall. And the media for four years ignored the Hillary emails, the Hunter Biden laptop, the Ukraine meddling done by President Joe Biden. Like the same day, over and over, and of course, over again. And, not to mention, they had to throw a few little tidbits in with their daily repetitive rhetoric. Remember the coin shortage? Remember the murder hornets? And all those other little senseless things that they threw in there to try and divert your attention away from the fact that Barack Hussein Obama and the Democrats spied on Donald Trump's campaign. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff in Watergate that got Nixon out of office. But Obama and Biden and the Democrat National Committee and all of their friends and all of their cronies in the mainstream media, they did spy on a scale exponentially greater than the little one tape recorder at the Watergate Hotel with Richard Nixon. But nothing was said and nothing was done because it was the Democrats that did it. And we were subjected to the same thing over and over and over. But Steve, you forgot all about the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. They repeated that over and over and over as well. Oh, good point. Not to mention, over the last year, the same day over and over and over and over again, there was the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, better known to Truth Hurts program listeners as the Kung Flu or the Kung Fu Wuhan Flu or the China Flu, named after the place of origin. Just like every other flu and every other major illness is always named for its place of origin, like the Spanish flu. Now, there doesn't appear to be an end to the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019. Even though the new savior of our nation, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, mumbling, fumbling, bumbling, crumbling, stumbling, muttering, puttering, stuttering, fluttering, shuddering, mopey, dopey, little girl gropey, the big guy, 10% on the take, totally fake, 
teleprompter gaffe master Burisma Beijing Joe Biden promised the nation if he was elected there was a plan there was a plan we're gonna make this go away he's gonna stop his fire shrines and stop his tracks he promised if he was elected that he had a plan he had a process a procedure a program he was going to end the piss-poor response of Donald Trump he was gonna start from scratch he said yep Tony Fauci and I are going to start scratch. We're going to make a plan. We're going to make this thing right. You know, this vaccine thing's been wrong all along. Then they interviewed Dr. Fauci, who said, no, we're not starting from scratch. We're starting from a massively good foundation. Joe Biden, a man who has always been bad with numbers, and I've pointed it out on this program more and more and more times than I can count. Last week he said 100 billion new doses were going to be ordered. Or was it a gazillion or a billion or a MVP? 200 million additional doses were ordered by the Biden administration. And he said that would make a total of 600 million doses to ensure that 300 Americans get vaccinated. And then, because he wanted to make damn sure you understand, he said, let me repeat. I think he meant let me repeat, but he said, let me repeat. Total of 600 million doses more to ensure that 300 Americans get vaccinated. And then in his little earpiece, whoever's talking in his ear, it's probably Corporal Radar O'Reilly from Mass going, no, 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 sir, it's 300 million. Then he went, 300 million, 300 million more shots in people's arms, 300 million more. He doesn't do numbers well. He doesn't speak well. Perhaps kindergarten is a little too advanced for Joe Biden. Perhaps he should be going back to preschool to learn his shapes and his colors. Perhaps Jill Biden should walk him back and sit him in the corner at Romper Room and say, Joe, this is a circle. This is red. This is blue. This is yellow. Hey, Joe. When you mix blue and yellow, you get green. That might be advanced enough for little Joe, perhaps. So anyway, back to my original premise. Today is the first day of February, and you know what month we're all supposed to be celebrating in February, right? Now, what was that month? Oh, yeah. February is American Heart Month. Each year, we're supposed to think for the entire month about our heart health, all February long. Heart healthy foods, go to your cardiologist and get a checkup, make sure your ticker's ticking. February is American Heart Month. It's also National Canned Food Month. A time each year to check your pantries and use up the soon-to-be-expiring canned goods that you've managed to accumulate over the year. For those of us in hurricane-prone areas, once you've used up all of this last year's canned foods, you get ready for the early May stock-up event, stocking up on your canned goods for the upcoming hurricane season. My friend Kevin used to laugh every year the Red Cross and the local radio and television stations out of New Orleans would say, 
It's time to make your hurricane preparedness list. Get it together. Flashlights and batteries and bottled water. Don't forget to stock up on canned goods and he'd run right out to the store and buy cases of canned beer. Regular and light beer because you never know. During that hurricane, you might want to think about a little diet. So light beer for Kevin. Canned goods. National Canned Food Month, February, all month long. Every time you think, what is this month supposed to be celebrated? Just go to your pantry, open the door, and you'll see it right there. Can of soup, can of vegetables, canned tuna. Could be any number of things, but it is February. Canned Month. Canned Food Month. Now, it is also the month of February, American Pie Month. Not the movie franchise, American Pie, but a month-long celebration of pies made in America. Apple and blueberry and cherry pie and all those other yummy freaking pies. Pumpkin pie and pecan pie. In much of the nation, it's cold during the month of February. So a nice, fresh, hot out of the oven, homemade pie is just what the doctor ordered to warm the body and soul. In addition to this, February is also National Cherry Month, likely due to George Washington and the chopping of the cherry tree. I cannot tell a lie. National Grapefruit Month. Remember, grapefruits are high in vitamin C, but they also can cause irreparable damage to whatever medications you might be taking. Many medications say do not take with grapefruit. For some reason grapefruit kills the effects of certain medications. I wonder, I wonder if any of the drug manufacturers thought about using grapefruit to kill the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. Oh wait, we can't call it that anymore. Based on an executive order from your new president, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey Joe Biden, the executive order has now banned the words China flu, China virus, Wuhan virus, or anything similar that identifies the country of origin of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. Gropey Joe says... From this day forth, you shall call it COVID-19. Yes, boys and girls, the term China virus is the new N-word. You cannot say China virus, China flu, Chinese flu, Wuhan flu, Wuhan virus, Chinese coronavirus. You can't say those things anymore. Even though the First Amendment says you can, Gropey Joe says, in all official government publications and in the media, I want it to stop. It's racist. It's homophobic. xenophobic. It's just racist. It's bigot. It's not not proper. You know, you're a, lot of, a lot of Asian people get bullied right now. Yes, using the term China virus, Chinese virus, or anything like that is supposedly offensive to Chinese and Korean and Japanese and Vietnamese and all other Oriental um, um, Asian peoples. Supposedly, according to Joe Biden, anytime, you know, you white supremacists out there say the word China virus or China flu, it's triggering 
to all of the rest of you racist, xenophobic, bigoted, white supremacist crowds, and you're going out and you're angrily bullying Asians. Of course, there's not one single instance of that happening recorded on a single police blotter. I've not seen one report of an angry Asian person saying, Oh my God, I was attacked by a guy in a, a MAGA hat and, a, and he was wearing a Confederate flag on his shirt and it said, he said China flu and then he beat me up. Away, away. Never heard it. Never saw one second of video. Never heard one second of audio to that effect. But Joe Biden simply thinks all he has to do is make up a new crisis and the world will come a-running. I have but one thing to say about the ban on using the term that he has now said you can't use by executive order. I have one thing to say on that. China virus, China virus, China virus, China virus, China virus. Yeah, there, I said it. Now, February is also a month in which we're supposed to be celebrating something. Hmm, what was it? What was it? What was it? Come on, Steve Z. Oh, it's Creative Romance Month. Likely due to the Valentine's Day holiday falling in February on the 14th every year. In addition to this, February is National Bird Feeding Month. Time to clean out the bird feeders and get ready because sooner or later, spring will be around the corner and it's nice to have a nice, freshly cleaned bird feeder ready to go when the robins start to make their appearance. It's also Spunky Old Broads Month. There's a whole article written on that, but I'm not going to waste your time on it. Betty White must be the chairperson. She's got to be. It's also National Weddings Month. Weddings in February? That's right. February is National Weddings Month. A holiday designed, obviously, by the florist and wedding venue industries to encourage more winter weddings. Since, according to statistics, fewer people are married in February each year than any other month. Could it be because there are fewer days in the month of February than any other month? Hmm. Well, boys and girls... I was asked, But Steve, what about the certain ethnic history month? Why didn't you mention that? Because, boys and girls, that would be racist. It would be racist for me to mention that history month. Unless and until they designate a Caucasian history month, I see it as racist and bigoted to mention anything about a month Speaking about the history of the double-A hyphenated American population and to give them an entire month for their history is just racist. It ain't fitting. It's just not proper. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Senator Ted Cruz posted something online this weekend and it says, Week 2 of the Biden administration and he has already signed more executive orders than 15 presidents signed during their entire 
10 years in office. Now let that sink in for a moment. It was Joe Biden who stood on the stage and chastised Donald Trump for signing a few executive orders over his four years, saying that you need to rule by legislature, not like a dictator. And yet, he has now signed over 40 executive orders and his pen has yet to run out of ink. I think the pre-kindergarten teacher taught him how to sign his name and he just liked the way it looks, so he just keeps on signing them and signing them and signing them. When Biden took over in the White House, he decided to fire a AA 13% hyphenated American. You remember the Surgeon General, the black guy with the lisp? Yeah, Joe Biden fired him. But he kept Dr. Anthony Fauci around. And now Fauci says wearing two masks, not just one. So now you have to wear a mask over a mask. I'm telling you, they're trying to see just how far they can lead the sheeple until the sheeple say enough. Biden has also canceled, as we all know, the Keystone XL pipeline from Canada. Yes, the Biden administration wants you to believe that sending billions of gallons of oil across our nation by 18-wheeler, you know, vehicles that burn fuel and emit carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, or by train, which we all know is very polluting, is cleaner than pumping it through a pipeline, a pipeline that emits no exhaust, no CO2 whatsoever. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. And it's also funny, the very same Democrat party who was against people with guns and against walls and fences to keep people out, they're the group that now has erected a 10-foot high steel fence with razor wire and lined it arm in arm with National Guard and Capitol Police Department officials around the very seat of power in our nation. It's okay for them to be guarded by walls and people with guns, but it's not okay to protect our nation with walls, people with guns. And the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency has been notified to stop to cease and desist all border wall construction, period. According to the Washington Examiner, Representative Henry Cuellar, a Texas Democrat, said in a statement issued on Monday of last week, federal contractors working with the U.S. Customs and Border Protection were notified by the agency to stop installing the 18 to 30 foot tall portion of the slatted steel wall across California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Cuellar said in a statement, I received notification that in accordance with President Biden's executive order, all CBP contractors have now been formally notified by CBP procurement to pause construction activities on CBP self-executed projects. While CBP cannot speak on behalf of the U.S. Department of Defense or U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, it is expected that those agencies are undertaking parallel action 
on the CBP-funded border wall projects that they are overseeing. Within hours of taking office, Gropy Joe issued an executive order halting not only those border walls, but the Keystone XL energy pipeline, and he shut down pretty much all new leases on federal lands and waters for oil and natural gas. The proclamation directs an immediate pause in wall construction projects to allow a close review of the legality of the funding and the contracting methods used and to determine the best way to redirect funds that were diverted by the prior administration to fund the wall construction. This according to the official language in the executive order put out by Gropey Joe Biden. Telling you folks, they are just dying to let tens of thousands of illegal immigrants into our nation. In fact, this morning on the news, I saw a piece, I didn't get a chance to rewind it, but there was a piece on the local news this morning that said the Biden administration's goal for immigration is to increase the number of immigrants from Hispanic countries from 15,000 a year legally to over 150,000 legally each and every year. I would like to remind you all, Truth Hurts program listeners, that for four years under President Donald Trump, the United States did not enter into a single armed conflict. No new wars, and Trump actually brought home soldiers. And other nations, including the very violent North Korea, actually said, hmm, this guy Trump's just crazy enough to nuke us all out of existence. We better leave him the hell alone. Similar to what they said back in 1980 when Ronald Reagan was put into office by a massive groundswell of conservatism. Yesterday, on Sunday, a Russian Su-24 buzzed the USS Donald Cook, an Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyer, as the U.S. Navy ship was transiting around the Black Sea. A Russian fighter jet flew a low pass within a couple of hundred yards of the ship, and the incident was caught on camera, though you won't probably see it on the national news. This was a direct threat against the United States of America by Russia, who knows your new president, Gropy Joe Biden, doesn't have any balls. The 6th Fleet of the U.S. Navy shared a video of the event and he tweeted, U.S. Navy routinely operates in the Black Sea to reassure NATO allies and partners and ensure security and stability in the region. Today, USS Donald Cook operating in international waters in the Black Sea while a Russian Su-24 does a low pass nearby. Hashtag power for peace. The incident comes days after the USS Porter entered the Black Sea, bringing the US overall presence in the sea to three ships. And the Porter joined the Cook and the Laramie. The three ships represent the largest presence the Navy has seen in the Black Sea in over three years. In other words, Biden's buddies in the 
military industrial defense industry are spoiling for a war. We haven't had any new contracts to build new ships because nothing's been destroyed, Joe. Come on, Joe. We got too many young men aimlessly wandering around the United States. It's time to kill off some of our young men, Joe. Let's put some more vessels in the Black Sea to stir up some crap. Joe, whoever was pulling his string on his right hand and his head, lifted the right hand and then shook the head up and down and nodded, okay, whatever you want. Now, in case you're not familiar with the Black Sea, it's a key strategic body of water that connects Russia to the Mediterranean Sea. But NATO allies, such as Turkey, Romania, Bulgaria, Georgia, and the Ukraine also border the Black Sea. So the Black Sea has taken on a strategic importance after Russia annexed Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula. The tensions escalate. Democrats are in power. So it's likely your sons, your daughters, or your grandchildren, if you have them, might be going to war thanks to Gropey Joe and his puppeted actions. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Let's change things up a bit. And we're going to talk about Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He said, Texans will not sit by and allow the Biden administration to destroy jobs in the Lone Star State. And he signed an executive order of his own on Thursday of last week, directing all state agencies to prepare to challenge any federal action that threatens the Texas energy industry. Abbott made the announcement Thursday, saying the state was going to take steps to protect the oil and gas industry while also promising to veto any New Green Deal type of legislation should it be passed, while simultaneously proposing legislation to prevent the banning of natural gas appliances. Abbott said, I'm in Midland to make it clear that Texas is going to protect the oil and gas industry from any type of hostile attack launched from Washington, D.C. He continued, President Biden's embrace of the Green New Deal is a job killer in Texas. It also takes a wrecking ball to the energy independence that Texas has been able to provide to the United States of America. And Texas is not going to stand idly by and watch the Biden administration kill jobs in Midland, in Odessa, or any other place across the entire region. Governor Abbott then signed an executive order that directed every state agency to, quote, use all lawful powers and tools to challenge any federal action that threatens the continued strength and vitality of the energy industry. Each state agency should work to identify potential litigation, notice and comment opportunities, and any other means of preventing federal overreach within the law. When they do that, Abbott said, that will arm Texas to be prepared to fight back. Better watch it there, Mr. Abbott. They might say you incited a riot. Governor Abbott said he's also proposing legislation that would stop local cities and counties from acting to derail the oil and gas energy by banning natural gas appliances in new buildings. That action was recently taken in San Francisco, California. Abbott said in Texas, we will not let cities use political correctness to dictate what energy source you use. 
During a roundtable discussion, Abbott spoke with oil and gas workers, energy leaders, and advocates about how Texas can continue to support workers in the wake of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. And he offered reassurance that he intended to protect the energy industry. He said, quote, if anybody passes a Green New Deal type policy in Texas, it will be met with a governor's veto and not become law in our state. Well, good for you, Governor Abbott. Good for you. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Now, who would you rather have head your health department? A fit Navy doctor or a fat transgender whatever the hell you want to call it? President Biden selected former Pennsylvania Health Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine to be Assistant Health and Human Services Secretary which will make Levine the first transgender puke to be confirmed in the presidential administration. If confirmed, Levine will serve under Secretary-designee Javier Bachera. The Victory Institute, an LGBTQRSTUV advocacy group, has been lobbying for Levine to get a spot in the Biden administration, and they were really hoping that it would be the new Surgeon General. And this will be people who are in charge of health and human services. I want to read an article written by a Katie Zazima, June 1st, 2016. It said, Meet Rachel Levine, one of the very few transgender public officials in America. The office where Rachel Levine works is lined with family photos, including one perched high on a shelf that was taken on vacation long ago when its children were young and it was a broad-shouldered man named Richard. It says later in the article, Levine quickly found a home in Hershey Medical Center in Pennsylvania where it rose through the ranks and was a facilitator for LGBTQRST groups. Richard Levine had a full life, a wife, two children, a career at the top of his field. But there was a void inside of him, a feeling he learned to ignore decades before as a child and as a student at an all-boys school outside Boston. Levine said, I compartmentalized it. There was no other context to put it in. It's not like there was an alternative, so I fit in. That meant playing linebacker on the football team where Levine said she would tackle. But didn't like the idea of potentially hurting another player. She does remain a rabid New England Patriots fan, closely connected to the school she attended. I can hear it now. Yo, go run that ball! Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't very ladylike of me. Levine went on to Harvard University and Tulane Medical School, getting married during the fourth year, was the chief resident at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York, where it also taught. Transition from Richard to Rachel was slow, deliberate, and filled with research. Levine started seeing a therapist about 15 years ago. That was in 2016. So 21 years ago. 
About eight years ago, Levine started growing out the hair, which is now long and curly, and publicly announced itself as a transgender woman five years ago. This was in 2016. She initially told close family members, leaving her mother Lillian, who is now 95, for last. Family members weren't sure how mom would react. The 90-something-year-old mother Lillian said, had Richard been born a girl, Lillian and her husband planned to name their daughter Rachel. Rachel Levine, formerly Richard Levine, says moving from one gender to another, especially in your 50s, is a challenge, but it was rewarding. It meant taking a year and a half of voice lessons to sound more like a woman. She will not discuss whether she took hormones or had removedictomy surgery. She says that's a private medical manner. Levine used to also perform in musical theater, and her role was Dr. Scott in the Rocky Horror Picture Show back in the day. She says, I have this very nice baritone. I haven't learned how to sing alto yet. Her children are now in college in a nice Ivy League Democrat, progressive, liberal schools, I'm sure. She says they were very accepting of the transition. She and her wife divorced three years ago. Levine lives alone with two dogs. I guess you can't blame the ex-wife. I mean, she married a big, strong man who turned out he wanted to be a woman and did a whack a peck job on himself and then no longer is a husband, but is now a freak guess you can't blame the wife for leaving telling you this is a sick sick world and they have to appoint sickos like this to make themselves feel better about their own sicknesses the biden regime has no clue how to fight the china virus the kung fu wuhan flu so what do they do well they do what democrats always do when they can't affect the outcome or they don't like the facts. They simply lie and cheat. The way they count deaths is now being changed. Remember, during the Trump administration, the states counted anyone dying with coronavirus as dying from coronavirus. Remember the guy who died in a motorcycle crash? They scraped up his remains off the highway. They did the autopsy and said, coronavirus death, because they found one widow COVID in his system. Remember all those cancer and heart attack patients that died from cancer and heart attacks, but they happened to have COVID? Remember how they too were all recorded as COVID-19 deaths? Well, since that system obviously resulted in a higher Wuhan China death count, and now Joe Biden's in office, the rules of engagement, they are a changing. Well, they've changed the rules, as I said, because under the new rules, now they will only call a coronavirus death a coronavirus death if coronavirus was the cause of the death. The old system resulted in higher death counts. The new system will result in much lower death counts. The left has manufactured a way to make it appear the death count is lower under a Biden administration. If you wondered why no one had died from the flu or a heart attack or cancer or a stroke or a car wreck while Trump was the president of the United States, it's because then they counted every death that was COVID-related 
as a COVID death. You understand it's always about who is doing the counting, right? States were also counting a single COVID death more than once. So if you had it and you were in Hospital A and you got transferred to Hospital B and then transferred to Hospital C and then you died, each facility would have counted your single death as a death. So that would be multiple deaths. Now, of course, they've changed the rules of engagement. The rules of counting are all changed now. I do want to play this piece from Joe Biden once again so that everybody understands what we're dealing with. When asked about his actual plan for combating the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 and speaking about the number of vaccine doses on hand now as opposed to the number of vaccine doses that have been ordered, Joe went on a 45-second damn near incoherent rant I just want you to hear it again, because this is your president, folks. Not in hand yet, but ordered. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the mid, by the mid-summer that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, and, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50% from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans huh? by end of the summer, the beginning of the, of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. 300 Americans. The man said he's ordering 600 million doses and that's going to be enough to vaccinate 300 Americans. Now you can say, oh, it was just, just a, a mistake. He was nervous. No, no, no. He wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a, a Freudian. It, it was a man who has no grip on reality and cannot even read numbers on a teleprompter. You can make excuse after excuse, justification after justification, reason after reason. And no matter what, America is screwed because if they remove Gropey Joe from office, which I have predicted in the past, they will do when his gaffes, when his senility, when his Alzheimer's or whatever the hell it is he has really starts kicking in, when they can't hide him in the basement anymore, they're going to remove him from office under the 25th Amendment if they can't convince him to resign. And then, Camel Toe Harris will become your new president. People, this should scare the living crap out of you. You think it's bad now? We are just entering the second month of the Biden-Harris puppet administration. We're just getting into the second of 48 months of this administration. You thought taking out a four-year car loan was rough. The interest we're going to pay on this debt will last generations. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. In three short weeks, Joe Biden has managed to piss off over half of the country. He's pissed off Canada. We're much closer to a war in Syria. He's destroyed women's sports and allowed boys in girls' locker rooms. He admits he doesn't have a plan to contain the pandemic. He claims to want to vaccinate one million people a day for 100 days. 
Could remember the last week of the Trump administration, they were doing 1.2 million people per day. So he's working backwards. He wants to order 600 million doses of a vaccine to vaccinate 300 people. He said it. You just heard it on the last segment. He doesn't return salutes from the Marines. He doesn't wear a mask on federal property, even after mandating that everybody else do it. He already has articles of impeachment filed against him his first three weeks in office. He's already caused the job loss of over 50,000. He used the Betsy Ross flag at his inauguration after Republicans were told that flag was racist when it was displayed at a Trump rally. Joe Biden says no comment when he's asked about the Portland violence on Inauguration Day. Of course, he rejoined the Paris Climate Accord, canceled the Keystone XL Energy Pipeline, stopped drilling on all federal waters and lands, costing thousands, tens of thousands of jobs. He fired the usher that opens the doors to the White House. And he got locked out. <laughs> that was funny. He wants to raise the minimum wage during a pandemic to $15 an hour, which the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says will kill over 4 million jobs. This is the man who is currently occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And then to add insult to injury, while your grandmother and grandfather might be in line for the hopefully life-saving Wuhan China novel coronavirus vaccine, Gropey Joe's administration has put the prisoners at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba to the front of the line to get the vaccine. There's a national outrage after the Biden administration announced that the prisoners at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba will receive the China virus vaccine before American citizens. And among those who have access to the vaccine before your grandma or your grandpa is none other than Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the accused mastermind of the September 11, 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. The communications director for Senator Ted Cruz's campaign named Steve Guest tweeted, Joe Biden making sure terrorists get vaccinated since 2021. The order to put those terrorists and other criminals in Guantanamo Bay at the front of the line for vaccines instead of your nana and your pop-pop was signed on January 27th by Terry Adirum, the, you ready for this title? Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs, who was sworn in as a Biden appointee on Inauguration Day, according to the Pentagon. Now, this move immediately sparked outrage from New Yorkers who lived through and helped bring New York back from the September 11th attack. Tom Von Essen, who was city fire commissioner during the 9-11 attacks, a man who lost 343 firefighters on 9-11, said it's effing nuts to the New York Post. You can't make this up, the ridiculousness of what we get from our government. They will run the vaccine down to those lowlifes at Gitmo before every resident of the United States gets it is theater of the absurd, Essen said. A spokesperson for the Department of Defense confirmed that officials had signed an order which will see COVID-19 vaccinations offered to all detainees and prisoners at Guantanamo Bay, and that inoculation event could start as early as today. Representative Elise Stefanik, a Republican of New York, said on Saturday, 
It is inexcusable and un-American that President Biden is choosing to prioritize vaccinations for convicted terrorists in Gitmo over vulnerable American seniors or our veterans. Forty detainees remain at the military prison in Cuba, including Sheikh Mohammed, who was accused of plotting the worst attack on American soil up until now. The worst attack on American soil, in my humble opinion, of course, is the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019, which originated in Wuhan, China. A Chinese attack without firing a shot was shipped to this country from a lab that was funded by Barack Hussein Obama with gropey Joe Biden as his vice president just a few years earlier. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. And finally today, a word about Mardi Gras. Ordinarily, right now, this period of time, had there not been a Wuhan China novel coronavirus 2019 that has stretched all the way into 2021 scare, people in New Orleans and Mobile, Alabama this past weekend would have enjoyed what is commonly known as the final 10-day push towards Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras Day. Usually, the streets of New Orleans and the surrounding parishes, that's counties to the rest of you folks, would have enjoyed very art-filled parades with floats and bands and dancing groups and marching clubs and music and food and fellowship and camaraderie and everyone enjoying the passing parades. This year, thanks to the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, and Democrat mayors like La Toilette Cantrell of New Orleans, this past weekend, the streets were empty. And not just devoid of Mardi Gras parades and marching crews, the damn streets were empty. People locked in their homes, scared to go out. Fauci wanting you to double mask now. The same guy who said don't wear a mask one year ago this month. No need for you to wear a mask, Fauci said. Masks should only be worn by the sick and should only be worn by the frontline healthcare workers working with those infected individuals. Six months later, he was screaming, everybody needs to wear a mask. You need to shut down the world, shut down the economy. And now the clown wants you to wear a mask on top of a mask. I was looking at a meme earlier with Fauci with an entire box of masks duct taped around his face. Where does it end, people? Mardi Gras, a centuries-old tradition in New Orleans, Mobile, Alabama. Something that's been going on forever. Something that was only canceled once by World War II. And even then, there were some small celebrations in New Orleans. Of course, in the city of New Orleans, there was a police strike back, I think it was 1979, Parades in the city of New Orleans were canceled, but all of the surrounding areas continued with their traditional Mardi Gras festivities. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to talk about the Christian calendar for just a moment. We all know about the Christmas season, where we celebrate the birth of Christ. You've all heard the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. That's the 12 days after Christmas. That's what the 12 days of Christmas is all about. For 12 days after the birth of Christ, the wise men were making their trip across the desert and they brought frankincense and myrrh and gold and Bitcoin and whatever other 
gifts were of value at that time to the baby Jesus. That 12 days of Christmas ends on January 7th. Each year, January 7th is the official end of the Christmas season. And if you count from Christmas Day forward 12 days, it lands on January 7th, the 12th night. Now for the rest of the country, everyone goes back to normal. It's just the end of Christmas, it's the end of New Year's, it's back to life as usual. But in Louisiana, in Mobile, and on many tropical islands in the Caribbean, the 12th night is the beginning of carnival season. Carnival, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras in Latin translates to Fat Tuesday, and I'll go into that for just a moment. Lent begins after Mardi Gras on Ash Wednesday. So if you're looking at the calendar, the 12 days of Christmas culminates, it ends, and then the carnival season begins. So now we have to fast forward. When does Easter fall? Whatever day the Christian church, the Catholic church actually, sets the calendar for when Easter Sunday is. If you count backwards from Easter Sunday, 40 days excluding Sunday, which is an imitation of Christ fasting in the wilderness before he began his public ministry, you count backwards 40 days plus Sundays, however many Sundays fall in that 40-day period of time. You count backwards from Easter, 40 days plus the Sundays, and you come up with Ash Wednesday. In the Catholic faith, ashes from the previous year's Palm Sunday are burned, and a visual sign of the cross of Jesus Christ is placed on the forehead of Christians. Well, before Ash Wednesday is the period of time known as carnival season. So from January 7th through the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday is our Mardi Gras celebration. For those days, however many days that falls each year, people celebrate and they enjoy life and they have a good time. And in Louisiana and Mobile, and in those tropical Caribbean islands, Mardi Gras is celebrated with open air festivals, with parades, with concerts. You might think that canceling Mardi Gras this year was done strictly for the safety of the public, but it is secretly and quietly taking away more and more Christian faith in this nation. They've already canceled church services, there were no midnight masses at the cathedral. There was no Sunday worship service at many churches, and those that did allow it were down to 25% capacity. And the government is smiling away, and the atheists are just grinning because they've managed with the China flu to take away your religious liberties. Yes, every year, people in South Louisiana look forward to the weekends of Mardi Gras parades and outdoor festivities. And this past weekend was what I called the second largest weekend of the Mardi Gras season. Parades would have started last Thursday afternoon in the evening, all Friday night. There would have been parades during the day Saturday. There would have been a parade Sunday evening. And then this week, the one we're in right now, back when I was a kid, would have started parades every single night until next Tuesday, which is Mardi Gras day. The crew of Rex, Pete Fountain's Half Fast Walking Club, the crew of Zulu, 
would have done their all-day Mardi Gras Day parading in downtown New Orleans, followed by hundreds of 18-wheeler float parades. And then the final evening parade on Tuesday night, the clearing of the streets at midnight by New Orleans police officers on horseback, and then the 40 days of Lent leading up to the Easter holiday. All flushed down the toilet, thanks to the China flu. No music, no festivities, no parades, no fun. All because of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, which I have said now for a year on this program, is far less deadly than the common flu. It has a lower mortality rate based on the number of people tested versus the number of people who died than the common flu, than pneumonia, than heart attacks, than cancer, than strokes, than automobile accidents, and almost every other major cause of death. And we've shut it all down in an effort to control you, the sheeple. But not only does the shutting down of Mardi Gras this year affect families who can't go out and enjoy the festivities, the parades, the fun, it puts thousands of hardworking people out of work who are directly involved in the production of the floats, the bands, the decorations, those who sell the Mardi Gras supplies and all of the beads and the cups and the doubloons all out of work, not to mention the thousands and thousands in the tourism industry as a whole in this region of the country who will suffer as well. Thanks a lot, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell and the Democrats. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. And that brings us to the conclusion of today's edition of the Truth Hurts Program for your first day of February 2021. I hope you go out there today and find something useful to do with your time. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody, and we'll see you next time. The United Teachers Project asked many teachers what inspired them to become a teacher. Here's just one of the answers to our question. You know, man, when I was a little girl, all I wanted to do was be a teacher, you heard? My mama washed the clothes down at this motel, and she was dog-ass tired every day when she came home. And I saw them teaching in the class, and I noticed they wasn't doing much, and they were still getting a paycheck. One of them even had a nice car. One day, I asked my teacher if she made good money being a teacher, and she said she made enough money but could still get on food stamps and some of the other government benefits because she had a summer off, and she was home at three every day, and two weeks off at Kremlin, and two at Easter. That sounds good to me. So I got my UNCF college fund to donate me my college tuition. I went to college and got this here degree in English and Language Arts. Things going all right till that COVID hit, and then maybe done closed down the school. And I thought, oh, Lord, I'm going to be out of a job. I'm going to have to go get a real job. But guess what? The teacher union say we can still get our paycheck and we don't even have to go to the school no more. So now I was getting paid to stay home by my mama house and teach the churn over the Internet on a pew. Now, they say we're going to have to go back and teach in the school again in that building. But the union say no. That's because they say school ain't safe no more. And I agree. We sure have to go back. But the union say they're going to keep on paying us for we in a union. And that's why as a teacher this day. Do more. Become a teacher.
Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced at Studio 63, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We'll see you next time. Thank you.